0: I turned it off. That was me. Some of y'all might need to get some popcorn so you can stay awake this morning. I promise it won't bother me. How many of y'all have a favorite Christmas movie you watch every year? Yes. Christmas Vacation. Anybody watch that every year? Yes, my husband. We watch that every year. Elf. It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody like the classic Christmas movies? Yeah. Christmas Carol, yeah, some Scrooge, <laughs> some good ones. Well, a classic one is The Grinch. Um, my favorite just story to tell about The Grinch is that when Eden Smith was tiny, like Cindy Lou Who size, she loved the, the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch, you know, the one where he's creepy and his teeth are gross and all kinds of stuff. And her little bitty three-year-old self loved that movie. But her good friend Jack did not. But she always wanted to watch it, but he didn't. But guess who won? She did. And he didn't like it because it was scary. He didn't like the scary Grinch, but Eden loved that ugly Grinch. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why she did. But the Grinch is kind of a classic, right? Kind of a classic. And today, uh, for Christmas at the movies, we're going to start with the Grinch. And we're going to co- show a couple little clips. And I didn't go for the Jim Carrey version. I went for the cartoon version of The Grinch. Um, I want to show you this first clip. And let's, let's just kind of be reminded of a good Christmas classic here. Let's see if we can watch that first clip.
1: Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, Please don't ask why, no one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town, For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now, hanging a holly who wreath, And they're hanging their stockings, he snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. Then he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming.
0: He sneaks into their homes after this and he steals all of the presents. He doesn't just steal the presents, he steals the food. And if you're a grown-up, you know that's really the saddest part, is he steals all the food, right? And he even takes the log out of the fire to keep them warm. He lies to little Cindy Lou Who when she catches him and tells her that he's just going to go fix her tree. But he steals everything he can that he thinks might bring them any kind of joy or warmth the next day. And then he goes back up to his hill and he waits to hear the sound of their grief. He waits to hear the wailing and the crying and the sadness, but it doesn't quite go as planned.
1: This sound wasn't sad, What? this sound sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled Julie's puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. well in whoville they say that the grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day and then the true meaning of christmas came through and the grinch found the strength of ten grinches plus two and now that his heart didn't feel quite so tight he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. With a smile in his soul, he descended Mount Crumpet, cheerily blowing hoo-hoo on his trumpet. He rode into Hooville. He brought back their toys. He brought back their floof to the hoo girls and boys. He brought back their snoof and their tringlers and fuzzles. Brought back their pantukas, their dafflers and wuzzles. He brought everything back, all the food for the feast. And he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. Welcome, Christmas. Bring your cheer. Cheer to all who's far and near. Christmas Day is in our grasp, so long as we have hands to clasp. Christmas Day will always be, just as long. As we have we, welcome Christmas while we stand, heart to heart and hand in hand.
0: Did some of y'all flash back to your Christmas pajamas as little kids watching that movie? You know, I love this little story, and at the end, he saves the sleigh, and he brings down their gifts. And what always, as I got to be a grown-up, really, really bamboozled me um, was that they didn't arrest him right? Like that's like the whole thing. They just welcomed him in and gave him food, the food that he had stolen. They they served it to him. Quite a special moment. And you know, listen, there's a noble lesson in this story that Christmas is about more than things, but there's actually more to it. There's the redemption of the Grinch. When the real Christmas comes, despite all his effort to thwart it, his ears and his eyes see and his heart grows times three. You might be a bit of a Grinch today, and maybe your shoes are too tight, and I'm going to be honest with you, this one is too tight. Not, not both of them, just the right one is too tight today. Your shoes might be too tight. Maybe you're feeling a little judgmental of this who or that. But you know, we never really knew what caused the Grinch's heart to be two sizes too small. And let's be honest, the who's weren't that great either. They never are. But Christmas has a way of reminding us that there's something more, there's something for our heart down deep in our core. And yes, I'm going to rhyme more than once in this story because I've read Dr. Seuss over and over in preparation. But today I want to walk us through a little bit of a moment from the Christmas story as we see it. And let's be real, there's a part of us that connects and understands the Grinch, maybe in a way we don't want to admit. But I want to walk us through the story of Christ's birth. And I want to start in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Here we meet some important people to the story. In the time of Herod the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth, who was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. But observing the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive a child and they were very old. Do you catch that part where it says, hey, they're blameless, but they're not blessed? Gosh, that must have been hard. It said that they literally obeyed and did everything the way they were supposed to. Zechariah had devoted his life to the temple and serving the people of God and serving God, and yet they were not blessed. I have to know that that had to be difficult for them. And let's be honest, I'm sure none of us in here could say that we are blameless and that we've followed every, every rule as we should. But I know that we probably all have felt like maybe we received more than our fair share of hardships. And then a little further down in Luke chapter 1 verse 11, and I may not read through all of these, Kaylee, I may just summarize them some. At this point, Zechariah is at work. He's at the temple, and he is going into the throne room, going into the presence of God on behalf of the people. He's at work. And while he's at work, an angel of the Lord appears to him and tells him that he is going to have a child and Zachariah can't quite believe it and he voices a little bit of unsurety and the angel of the Lord says basically since you're unsure about things your mouth is going to be closed it's going to happen but you're not going to be able to talk about it. Man he's at work and that angel shows up and then he gives him the best news but Zechariah can't even share it. <laughs> I mean when you have good news don't you want to tell somebody? Don't you just want to tell somebody? And Zechariah can't even tell anyone. And we find out later that Elizabeth actually kept it a secret for a very long time herself. But the Lord tells him that from this old couple who are barren of hope, they kept doing what they were supposed to do. But Zechariah's own words confirm to us that he was barren of hope. He was going through the motions. He was doing what God had told him to do. But an angel of the Lord shows up and says, you will have a child. And he's like, are you sure, though? Because I'm old. So even though he was going through all of the motions, he was still barren of hope. Being barren of a child had made him barren of hope. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you a child, and that child will turn the hearts of the children back to their parents. That child will announce and prepare the way of the Lord. That's the promise that Zachariah gets. And Elizabeth receives the awareness that she is carrying a child and she keeps it secret to herself. And then we flash over to Mary. Mary. In Luke chapter 1, verses 29 through 33, Mary was greatly troubled by what the words of the angel and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of the father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And what's the first thing Mary does? She's got to run tell Elizabeth. Do y'all know who your Elizabeth is? Something good happens. Maybe something crazy happens. Weird happens. You know your person you're going to call? Mary went running to her cousin Elizabeth's house. And a few verses later, in verse 39, we see, at the time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, "'Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored?' That the mother of my Lord should come to meet me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. You know, for a time, the hope and joy of the entire world was kept secret inside two women. And I kind of just love that. The whole hope of the world was tucked away and hidden within the safety of two women. And together they shared their hopes and their fears. Oh, how fearful Mary must have been. It was not an easy time for women. How fearful she must have been. Both of them in over their heads. Elizabeth was old. And here she knew you know her friends and family have had babies. She knows what's about to happen and the work that's going to go into it. She can't even imagine two women in over their heads carrying the hope and future of the world within them. But the Holy Spirit was there. And from the beginning, John announces the arrival of Jesus before he even arrives himself. He announced the arrival of Jesus. And then John the Baptist is born, and Zechariah finally gets to talk. Now, as a woman who has tarried, carried two children, I must say it probably didn't bother Elizabeth much that the whole time she was pregnant, her husband couldn't say anything. <laughs> but the baby gets here, and he finally gets his tongue back. And this is what he says. In chapter 1 of Luke, verse 76 through 80, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly. And then Jesus is born. And we know that story that Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. That God in his infinite way of doing things all out of sorts. Not only did he place his given son into the womb of a, of a young woman in a way that made no sense to the world around him, he also chose to appear to the shepherds in their fields first. The first to know about the coming Savior were the least of these. And they were told that he is going to bring great joy to all the world. And Jesus was born. And the two young men grew we know in Luke 2, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And Zechariah, tells us that this child grew. And then when they were older, in Luke chapter 2, we see a significant moment in their life stories. And a great reminder for today. I'm going to read it out of Matthew. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. In verse 11, he says, I baptize with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then in verse 13, it says, and Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to, be, to do this to fulfill righteousness. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The child who had grown the too small barren of hope hearts of his parents with his birth, had now baptized the hope of the world and announced his coming. And from that moment on, the journey of Jesus' life to change hearts began. The promise of Jesus who is to come down for us, the promise of salvation without being able to be separated from God, this is the Christmas story. Listen, the Grinch is the ultimate villain. He's the ultimate villain. Not only does he commit multiple crimes of which he could be arrested for, he's just ugly and mean about it when he does it. He can't redeem himself. But when the true Christmas light breaks into his heart, we see the light that Zechariah told us about when he talked after John's birth. That light that says, because of the tender mercy of our God, by with which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those of us living in darkness and guide our feet to peace. That's the light of Christmas. And I know it's just the story of the Grinch, but let's be honest. Christmas music is not what's bringing the light to the Grinch's eyes. Not that song anyway. It was not the fact that they went on about their day. There was something different. When the light of Christmas broke into his heart, everything changed. Zachariah and Elizabeth, barren of hope. But when the light came to them, it was a light that would prepare the way of the Lord. Mary, in all of her fear, can you imagine the fear that she must have felt? But yet, when those shepherds begin to come and and show up at her door, it says that she pondered those things in her heart. She knew that she had carried the hope of the world. That's the Christmas story. That's what redeems the Grinch. And let's be honest, that's what redeems us. Now listen, if you're getting baptized today or if your child is getting baptized today, if you want to grab them or begin to get ready. What I have for the remainder of this period today, it's a little bit of maybe a departure from the way I normally preach but I just want to speak to your hearts today I'm sure we are all a little grinchy (laughs) but I just want to speak to our hearts today I want in this season of busyness and expensiveness (laughs) For the light of Christmas to maybe just break through. Maybe just break through a little bit to each of us. We see ourselves a bit in that Grinch, and I'm sure Zachariah could too if he watched that movie. But truthfully, we don't always act like the Grinch. A heart that is tight and broken and constricted doesn't always look mean. Most of the time you can't even tell. You don't know what you don't have until you have it. And sometimes even when you have it, you can forget it. And just like that, your heart begins to tighten and to crack all over again. Put your hand on your heart today. It's beating. (laughs) I hope it is. If you can't feel it, maybe just take your pulse. It's beating today, and that is a blessing, even if it's tight, maybe a little cracked, maybe a little small, it's beating today. But there's more. There's hope and joy and peace and love galore. Maybe you felt it more long before, and maybe you've never let it in the door. But today is your day, the Christmas story makes a way for the broken and the tired and lost. Jesus paid the ultimate cost. John declared his coming, and now we declare his return. But while we wait, we are never alone, for he left his spirit in us, our home. So feel that today, the beating of your blessed-to-beat heart. It's growing, and you're glowing. Jesus is near, and Christmas is here. Maybe you're a Grinch, and maybe you're not, but either way, you're loved a whole, whole lot. The title of this um, message today is Changing Hearts. And I love the story of the Grinch, because oftentimes we can watch that story, and we just know we're the who's, (laughs) But you know, something had to have happened to that Grinch for him to be in the situation that he was in. And every broken person has experienced hard things. It's why none of us are perfect. It's why none of us will ever be able to offer perfect things to people because we are all broken. None of us are without hardship. None of us are without sorrow and grief and difficulty. And listen, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, well, I've had my fair share and maybe too much. And maybe my heart has just been shrunken down. Or maybe it feels broken and shattered and in pieces. The Christmas story is for you. It's for me. That song we sang at the end, I Belong to Jesus, it was written by Brooke Lighter Wood, and she wrote it for her daughter right after her daughter accepted Christ because she wrote down the things she wanted her to remember. She wanted her to remember that her name would always be on the palm of Jesus' hand. She wanted her to remember that leaders and people were going to fail her, but Jesus never would. Listen to you. Listen to me today. I'm telling you the truth. I know people have let you down. I know you have let yourself down. It's harder to forgive ourselves than it is to forgive anyone. And I don't know what happened to that Grinch. Maybe the who's kicked him out. Maybe they were awful to him. Or maybe he made choices that put him in a place where the only option seemed like isolation. But let me tell you something. Up on your mountain of crumpet, you will never find peace. The light of Christmas wants to break through. I look around this room today of people from all different ages and spaces. All different upbringings. All different moments. All carrying. If we were to come up today... And festive us for the rest of us if we were to come up today and make a list of all the things that had gone wrong this year. We could totally do that. Boy, could we not build a tower of all the things that have gone wrong and been unfair. It is life. It is hard. I am sorry. I am with you. I grieve with you. I understand. I know what it is to feel your heart cracking inside your chest. I know what it is to feel raw. And I know that you do too. But today, here's what I want to tell you. No mountain of gifts, no mountain of things, no perfect meals or perfect moments or cultivated things will ever really truly bring Christmas to you. It is only when you let the light of Jesus Christ come in. That it truly happens. Today we get to baptize a great group of young people. Young people who I know have gone through hard things already. Even at their young age. And yet that today they are acknowledging that the light broke through for them. And they welcomed Jesus in. The light broke through and welcomed them in. And today, listen, we're all sitting here with lots of different things. But when I was going back and looking through this story, at the very beginning it says the Grinch's heart was two sizes too small. That means two sizes beyond where it should have been. But when the light of Christmas comes in, does his heart grow two times? No. How much does it grow? Three. Because the truth of the matter is, we serve an exceedingly and abundantly God. We serve an above and beyond God. Today, you sit next to blessings. You are sitting next to promises and answered prayers. Today, we are baptizing legacies of families. We are baptizing fourth and fifth generations of people walking in faith. We are baptizing first and second generations of faith who are walking in newness. These children represent the faithfulness and promise of God. And listen, if you're sitting here today with burdens on your life and hard things, today, if you came in here with eyes of red, determined that you were not going to be moved by anything today, I promise you when these men and I begin to come up here and we begin to baptize children who have made a decision to follow jesus christ with their life it'll move you get ready your heart's about to go and it's about to grow three times too big because let me tell you the truth when you acknowledge and recognize the hand of god on your life even if you're in the middle of hardship guess what you're in the middle not the end You have not been taken out. You have not been destroyed. Your family is not lost. Things are not beyond repair. The Christmas light of Jesus, the hope that was kept inside the womb of a barren woman and a young girl, they have been brought forth and there is joy and there is hope and there is peace and there is love for each and every one of you today. And so, today... We get to baptize these children, these young people. Is Mr. Eric here? We get to baptize these young people today. And for those of us who are sitting here and watching, I want us to take a moment to reflect on that beating heart. (laughs) i don't know how you got tricked to be here today made to come whatever i don't care how you got here but you're here and today the truth of the matter is is that the light of the world broke through that christmas night when jesus was born the light broke through the darkness And it made the level thing, everything level. And it created a place for you and I to walk. Not a place that says, put on your best and get yourself together before you come. It created a level place where you and I could come just as we are in our messed up selves, in our broken, heartbroken selves. And can just come right on into Jesus where he is. And accept Love, accept it. I want to tell you today, you have to accept it. You have to make the choice to accept it. There was a moment where that Grinch standing on that hill, he realized Christmas was something more. But he still had to make a choice. Am I going to take that and know it and just stay up here in my shell? Or am I going to go down from a place of isolation to a place of fellowship? Let me tell you something today. You have to make the choice about whether or not you will accept the love that is being given to you today. Will you stay in isolation? Or will you come down and bring yourself to a place of fellowship today? The Lord is here for you. Mr. Eric's going to come and play for us today. And I'm excited that he's going to play. And we're going to take just a moment of reflection to listen. He's going to play beautiful music. But I want you to take a moment.
1: I want you to take a moment and
0: reflect. In truth, how have you seen God show up in your life? How have you seen him show up? I've seen him show up. Do you need to know some ways he's shown up? Miss uh, Lorene's sitting here today, and Angelique's not here because she's not feeling well today. But her daughter almost died, and my friend Megan was one of her ICU nurses all those years ago. And she was back there, and I didn't even know that that was her and put it all together at the time. But Angelique, let me tell you something. She almost died. She did die multiple, multiple times. And yet... She was the first person they put an ECMO machine together in the basement of the hospital, and she was restored to life. I've seen it. Peyton Pierce, Miss Tammy's son, was literally almost killed this year. In fact, all the reports from the people who saw the accident said there were multiple fatalities. There was no way anyone could survive. Well, let me tell you something. His hard head went back to work just a few weeks ago, drove himself there when they said he was gone. Some of you sitting here, I'm not going to point you out, but let me tell you something. You and I both know there's no reason you're alive today. There's no reason except for the hand of Jesus Christ that you're standing here today. There's no reason. But for the grace of God go I. But for the light of Jesus Christ go you and I. But for the saving knowledge of Jesus who came down to earth, who broke through the darkness. But for that light go I. So today, take a moment and reflect. And maybe today, let your heart grow three times this way.